Welcome back to another episode of Hello TJ. I am your host, TJ, and with me as always is my co-host, Bane. Hi, Bane. Hello. We have a great podcast lined up for you today. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about recovery and therapy and how some techniques pertain to writing. But before we dive into that, we always start off our podcast with our weekly five questions. So let's dive into that. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Let me pull up our five questions. Sum up your week in three words. Mm. Um, my week was filled with pride uh, because I published my second uh, book called Seasons, uh, which is out right now on Lulu.com. Just type Seasons by Bane, and you can purchase my book if you want to. If not, just rate it five stars if, or anything. Uh, thank you in <laughs> advance. Um, so yeah, I'm really proud of this and of myself because I've never been so much proud. I mean, I did with my first book, but this book is just my everything. Um, what else? I guess uh, filled with uh, relaxation because I this week was very relaxing. I didn't do anything besides watch Game of Thrones and read Jane Eyre. And I guess the third thing would be happy. Yeah. Uh, how was your week? Um, so I guess my three words for this week would be creative, uh, productive, and relaxing. I was pretty relaxed this week, too. This was a very mellow week. Um, what's the best or the worst thing you've had this week? You know, it's not the best or the worst, but I'm reading this book right now called Little and Lion. And it's a little bit of a mental health story. They haven't really gotten too much into it. I'm really only in the first few chapters. Um, But so far, it's been a pretty big uh, LGBTQ uh, storyline and a coming out story, which is interesting because I don't read a lot of coming out stories, which I, I am bisexual. I've had to come out and I don't read coming out stories. I don't know why I read about everything else in my life. Um... So this is, it's it's kind of challenging me a little bit, but it's pretty good so far. It's it's not the best thing that I've read, but it's pretty good. What about you? Um, so the best thing, I don't know if it's best, we'll have to see, but so far I'm loving it. I'm still reading Jane Eyre. I mm-hmm. think I'm going to finish it this weekend. And the worst thing is on Twitter, I, um, I think Sam Smith posted a cover of his body, uh, a cover, sorry, a picture of his body. Um, and he was like, find out about myself and about my body and being positive. And everyone just so uh, hateful towards him and wrote such rude comments that just disgusted me. Um, they were shaming him for being positive and happy about his body, how he shouldn't be, and so on. And it's just so annoying. Like, why can't you just let some Smith be happy and not just make him miserable? You know? I- I feel like well, a mama bear with Sam Smith. I want to, like, rip off the heads of anyone who says anything wrong about them because I love Sam Smith. And it's not yeah. just Sam Smith's music. Sam Smith's music is great. Um, I like to listen to a lot of kind of loungy music, so it's right up my alley. But Sam Smith as a person is just a beam of light and just is really progressive and really bold and brave to be who they are 
and I just wish people yeah. would leave Sam Smith alone. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with you too. I can be Mama Bear number two. Um, <laughs> this this changed from a writing podcast to a Sam Smith podcast. <laughs> yeah, Sam Smith, if you're listening to us, thank you. Thank you. Um, what is uh, the thing that inspired you the most this week? I cleaned my counter, which I mean, I've I've had been cleaning my counter. I've been cleaning my house lately a lot more. Um, it's not so much spring cleaning as it is just trying to be an adult. But I moved all my writing space to the counter. And I've been so productive. I wrote three stories this week. I published three other stories from different writers on my website, which more are coming today. Uh, But it was just a really productive week and just changing my writing space from my bed where I just end up scrolling on Tumblr for a few hours to uh, my counter, which I love my counter. I just changed the... Um, what's it called? The surface of my counter. Um, and I drank too much coffee yesterday at my counter. It was just, it was just a really productive day. I really like my new writing space. What about you? What's inspiring you this week? Um, mm, mm, mm. I guess love. Um, because I learned. I mean, it's not that I learned. I've been writing like that for a while, but recently I figured out that I can write from imagination. Um, not just from experience, you know, I usually when a writer tend to, to tell, I, sorry, I tend to tell a story by my, from my experience, you know, what happened and I tell a story and sometimes I cover it with, um, you know, put some details on top of it, uh, to kind of make it prettier, but this time mm, I try not to, um, I just wrote from imagination, not from experience, which really um, made me happy because, you know, that's another thing um, that's going to help me as a writer. You know, I found a new way of writing my poetry, I guess. That's really cool. Thank you. Uh, What did you write this week? Hmm. As I said previously, I wrote uh, some poems to finish my book seasons. Yes. I mean, not some. I just, you you know, usually I have a diary where I write my ideas. And sometimes I just sit and knock the poems out because sometimes the poems just come out. Um, So, yeah, and I also wrote some other poems and um, a short story that I'm still writing. Uh, Of course, you will be the first one to read uh, if... If I ever want to publish it, um, but yeah, that's that's about me. What about you? What did you write this week? I wrote three short stories, and I am really proud of all of them. Um, but the one I'm most proud of is called "Written in the Stars." Um, it's a fiction story, but it's also kind of my way of apologizing to my husband uh, for how bad my depression was a few years ago, and I wasn't really there. I um, I had a rough time just moving, so he really put up with a lot, and this was my way of kind of paying tribute to everything he did and just recognizing everything he did. Do you mind if I actually read um, a little bit from the beginning? No, not at all, please. Okay. She was a cosmic kind of person. The kind of girl who was always checking her horoscope. 
but also checking yours because instead of simply asking you how you were doing, she believed the placements of the planets provided a more detailed insight to your life than your biased mind. So that night, you sat on the swing set under the stars, hand in hand, still in that kind of puppy love where you're hopelessly devoted to this girl for the rest of your life, willingly. That night, when you saw the shooting stars, one, then two, trailing behind each other in the night sky, fizzling out at the end of a sparkler, she thought it was fate. And that's the beginning. Oh my god. That is beautiful. Thank you. you know, while you were reading it, I just had a clear picture of the stars, the shooting stars, the planets, the the cosmic universe, everything. I, w- I just wasn't on this earth anymore. Beautiful. Thank you. I'm really trying to work on being a little bit more descriptive in my narratives um, and not be so flat, I guess. Uh, so it's I'm really trying to play with my writing style. So that's what I've come up with so far. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, I, I'm trying to do the same because when I write, I, I tend to just tell everything without uh, describing the place, um, the action or anything or the, the characters. I just, okay, this and this happened and that's it. You yeah. Know? Um, so I'm trying to work on that. Uh, but let's move to our uh, final question. Yes. Um, what did you learn this week? Um, I think I learned that people change and I'm changing too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a good one. Um, I learned that I should believe in myself. Um, and I know, you know, people always say, oh, I believe in myself. And I say that too. But I never, I think, until a few days ago, really believed in myself because I published my second book, as I already said, and I so badly want people to read my work because um, I want to be heard and I want people to to kind of get help from my poetry because the same way I want to help those people is the same way other people help me through their art, music, poetry, um, novels, whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. and. But at the same time, I'm thinking, yes, I want that to happen, but it's different because if people don't want to read your work, what is the point of you trying so badly to put something inside their mouth where they don't want to do it willingly? So I just kind of pushed back a little and I said to myself, you know what, you're doing this for you and it made you happy and it makes you happy. And that's the most important thing. If somebody wants to read it, they'll read it. You don't have to push yourself too much and, you know, be hard on yourself. Yeah. I, I think I'm learning that, too. I'm learning it a little bit. I'm a little behind you. But um, I, I'm learning that, too. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> go ahead. Shall we go to our, our topic... Um, for, for today's podcast. Yes. So today we're talking about the inner child. And before we get into what the inner child is and how it pertains to writing, uh, Bane, you ran a poll on your Instagram this week or um, a survey, right? Yeah. And our favorite yeah. answer, we have to read our favorite answer because it's so <laughs> funny. Uh, okay. So 
um, I ran a poll uh, on my Instagram page. Well, it was, as you said, a survey uh, for people to tell me uh, what was their wildest dream when they were um, a child. And so one of them was being surrounded by friends, um, which I think we all had when we were a child. Mm. We always wanted to be surrounded by friends and people and um, not die alone, I guess. Um, one of them said everything but not studying on Kosovo, which cracked me up so much. <laughs> and the, the best is saved for the last. Yes. Uh, is being gay. <laughs> oh uh, my god. What was what was your wildest dream when you were a child? Oof. That's a tough one. But I guess I wanted to be an artist. Um, I always... I remember being a child and just um, singing in my room, making concerts, um, just you know, being surrounded by people the way artists and musicians do. But at the same time, it wasn't about just music, it was about the stage and the presence. I always loved the stage and I love spoken word poetry, as you know. I love theater, I so badly want to be on the stage. Look at all those people and tell them my story and help them, as I said previously, the ways that other people who were on that stage helped me. So I guess that would be my, my wildest dream. Um, what about you? Uh, I think I've always wanted to be a writer. I always carried around a notebook with me and a pen. Um, I was always writing stories based off the movies I watched or based off my life events. And I just, I don't know, I've always wanted to be a writer. Even when I wanted to be an actor, the end game was I want to be an actor so people read my book. Or I want to be a singer because I want people to read my book someday. It's always... Even when it's been a faint voice, it's always been writing for me. Yeah. I, you know, what I was thinking is that um, everything you had, like, whether it's a dream or what you wanted to be when you were a child, is reflected on who you are today. Mm. As you said, it's like written in the stars because I wanted to be a writer when I was a, a child. I wanted to be a teacher and... Right now, I'm at uni, I'm trying to be become an English teacher, and I'm also a poet, a writer. I didn't know if I will ever like be a poet and have my own books. I thought that was impossible. Um, but, you know, here I am today, living my wildest dream, I guess. I think, I think being an English teacher and being a poet, like your daytime job being English teacher, your nighttime job being a poet, I think that's a beautiful life. Yeah, and you know what, is that um, I remember when I was a child and my my grandma and my grandpa, I mean, when my grandma was still alive, there was this uh, lake called the Vlasina, uh, which is, uh, I guess, an hour and a half in the mountains from uh, my hometown. And we used to go there a few, few times a year. Sometimes it would be for a weekend, sometimes for a day, sometimes for like maybe 20 days. And, you know, I would just go with my brother there and I had the most amazing times. I just, I feel like crying right now because I miss it so much. I remember not wanting to go when my grandma passed away uh, because it just wasn't the same without her. Mm. But I so badly want to go there and uh, visit the place and kind of 
have her besides me, you know, the way she was back then, is that um, when I was with her, I used to gather flowers. I used to look at the sky and the clouds and imagine the shape of the clouds, you know, as we all did when we were young. And that helped me so much because that child um, is me today. I got very lost for a while uh, while I was growing up. I disconnected from nature. I just, I became very melancholic and very sad and everything was so dark and there was no light, there was no nature, there was anything, there were no memories. You know, I was just living in the in the present moment, which we should all do, but you need to have memories to kind of know uh, where your path is. And so when I was living my uh, depression and when I was getting better, I found that light, I fell in love with nature again, I brought that inner child um, back to life um, and I just... I, I remember being careless, wild and free, and being just me, loving colors, loving life, loving everything. And I, I decided, you know what, I, I need to do this for myself, I need to, to honor my inner child this way. I need to be me again, and so I did, and it is the most, best, it is the best thing that I have ever done, and is, it is the proudest I have ever been with myself. So this concept of the inner child is kind of, um, it's, it's very personal to me and it's very, I, I feel like it's a breakthrough. I've been telling a lot of people about reconnecting with your inner child and it's kind of just like instant magic, I think. Yeah. So this concept of the inner child, I guess, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've come up with this. This is just kind of the unspoken things that I've gathered from therapy. Um, I discovered the inner child through a meditative practice a few years ago at a hospital program I was in. So my mental illness, I have BPD, which is borderline personality disorder, and a lot of it is trauma-based. Um, so I, I can't love myself at 25 right now. I can't say, yeah, I love myself. I'm great. I'm all these things because it's bullshit. I don't. I love parts of me, which is more than I can say in the past few years, but I can't fall in love and be enamored with myself because I'm, I'm a broken person and I'm learning to do that. You don't just love yourself overnight. When people say love yourself and you see these memes about loving yourself, it's kind of fake. It's not real. You don't just fall in love. You don't just, I mean, I think, I think it's different because we fall in love so quickly with other people, but we can't do that to ourselves and we wish we could. And because we've experienced falling in love with other people so quickly, when we don't love ourselves instantly, we kind of just give up. So yeah. my secret to loving myself or learning to love myself has been detaching from 25-year-old me to the person who really needed love. And there's a lot of times in my life that I needed love. But uh, the most prevalent and where my BPD trauma stems from is when I was like five, six years old. So 
if I can detach from me as an adult to this little child who needed someone's help, who needed to be loved, who needed this idea of family, then that is loving myself. That's loving a different version of myself. That's loving the version of myself that needed the love. And I think that as writers, it's our duty to honor our inner child in our writing. Um, so one way that I've honored my inner child is I wrote a children's book. Uh, and I, I think every writer should write either a children's book or a young adult book. What do you think about this? To honor your inner child, write a book for them. Um, I would say so. I think um, I think we talked about this before, but I think you should write something you would like to read when you were a child. Mm. You know, what you needed the most. Um, and I, I've been searching, you know, when I was dealing with my anxiety and depression when I was, I guess, young adult because I had a pretty happy childhood. Uh, even though it was some kind of a shitty childhood, at the same time, you know, no one has perfect childhood. Um, I think that what I needed the most wasn't there, and that is how to deal with loneliness and how to deal with myself because no one understood me for who I am as a person. Um, and until I found internet and until I found music um, and other artists and people who are open-minded, I think that's when uh, I kind of started growing and helping myself. Um, so yeah, I think you should, when if you are a writer and you want to write something, you should think of your inner child and how would you like to read uh, the book when you were young? I, um, Sarah Fader recently published a book called Nobody, and she wrote it with her son, um, and I think everyone should check this book out. Um, it's great for adults, too. But it's this children's book that she wrote about feeling like you're nothing. And I just, I, there's this kind of influx of mental health books for kids. And I think that's, that's kind of what I'm writing for anyway, is that when I was a kid and when I was a teenager, I needed someone to kind of prepare me for the real world of like, hey, mental health is real and it's going to hit you hard and you're really going to need to prepare for this. And I, I feel like there's not enough media out there to prepare people for realities of life. And I, I'm so happy that there's these progressive books coming out in the young adult genre of these storylines that are talking about real world and real life issues and not just fantasy, which I think fantasy can even um, incorporate important themes in them. But I, I, people give the young adult community a lot of flack because, oh, you're not a real writer. You're a young adult writer. You can't write for adults. You write for children. But why wouldn't you want to write for children? Why wouldn't you want to take the opportunity to educate someone? Yeah. And I think that's uh, because I started recently writing something um, and I want to tell a story that I struggled with when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. What struggled, what I struggled, that was maybe like people being cruel to me and bullies and maybe just people not being kind to each other and um, not understanding is that what I want to teach kids 
cool with and be like, okay, I understand, I'm not alone in this, this happened before, there is a way out of this, you know. Because kids also need help, mental illness is always there. And, um, you know, I got my anxiety from uh, being bullied when I was in primary school, I think I was like seven or eight. And that's like the youngest thing, like the youngest child. I mean, you don't remember things until you are four years old, I think. So mm -hmm. like when you go to school and meet new people and new friends and teachers and everything is so fun and so new, but then there's like this dark side of being in school, which kind of um, kills your vibe as a child, you know? Yeah. So I guess like what I want to do is like, I want those kids who are struggling with that not to feel alone and know that there's help there. You know? I just want to ease the impending doom of adulthood through my writing. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's really where it comes down to. And I just... What, what do you think about this idea of detaching yourself and loving a different version of yourself? Mm, I, don't, I don't really know what to, to say on that, that thing, uh, the topic, because I think uh, your inner child is always there yeah. in you. I think who you were 10 years ago is still somewhere hidden inside of you. Uh, you just either um, bring things up from your child or not. Um, I, I don't really know. What do you think? I just, I feel sad that I feel like I have to detach. I just wish I could just love internally and not have, I don't know. I, I think... I think it's a stepping stone. I don't think loving your inner child is the be-all, end-all of solutions, but I think that it is the start. It's the catalyst. It's the spark. It's what will get you going on your recovery. And, like, I just really think everyone should take time out to, like, okay, when I was little, I didn't do this. I did this. So, for me, um, when I was little, I didn't watch TV. I went to theater shows, and I performed, and I played piano, and I wrote. Um, so as an adult, it's kind of this disservice to my inner child to be binging on Netflix every night and not be doing the things that I loved when I was a kid, the OG, the just who I was. Yeah, but also, what is loving yourself? Because... I either don't love myself or I don't know what love is. Um, I just know that I don't have, hate myself anymore. And to, to me, what loving myself is, just not taking bullshit and not being, uh, you know, put down for being you and not just doing what you love, um, not caring about what other people think and just being you and doing things that make you happy. To me, that is love. I don't know what loving yourself means. I, well, okay, so here's an example. I don't know what loving yourself means because I'm trying to figure that out. But when I am with my son and he's taking a shower and I'm singing and I'm just singing whatever songs come to my head to make my son happy 
And I looked in the mirror. I don't want to think, oh, my God, this is mortifying. I want to be able to think I'm having fun because my first response is always something negative. And I read somewhere that um, your first response to things. So sometimes when you see someone on the street and your first response is a negative one, that's okay because that's kind of your societal response It's the thought that comes after of, that's not really the way I think. This is how I think, um, is who you really are. So that first response of, oh my God, I'm disgusting right now. I sound terrible. I'm making a joke out of myself in front of my son. Instead of thinking that, the next response is, I'm having fun. I want that to be the first response, if that makes sense. Yeah. That feels more like love. I think a a bridge... Is at a point where I just I'm not ashamed of myself anymore. Mm. You know, um, I'm open with my art. I'm being vulnerable. I talk more about myself and what I like. Um, and if somebody doesn't like the way I talk, or you know, just like go fuck yourself, you know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> um, and I remember just like looking at myself in the mirror a few days ago and being like, like, hi, this is me, and. I'm proud of being myself and who I am, you know, standing in front of this mirror because I remember just like a year ago, I wanted to punch that mirror because it reflected me and it was just horrible seeing myself. But like today, I'm just happy to to be me, you know? Yeah. Bane, could you please wrap up this podcast with one of your poems? Yeah, it will be an honor. Um, so the poem is called The Path. Last night... I saw myself in a dream, and the dream felt like it lasted forever. The whole time I looked at the younger version of me when I was five or six years old. And in the dream, me as a child did not for a second lose a big smile. I forgot how it felt to always smile and be untouched by the world. When I woke up, I took the path of finding the child in me again. The end. Oh, I love that. Well, that has been this episode of Hello TJ. Tune in next week for a new topic on writing and reading. Uh, right now, I'm really excited to announce we have merch. You can buy um, one of our shirts, a coffee cup, a sticker. Uh, there's just a bunch of different things. I think there's even a scarf you can buy our cute little faces on. Um, but you can head over to Redbubble. And check out Hello TJ on Redbubble, and that's where we are. Um, you can also check out the website www.hellotj.com uh, and read some of the stories that are published. Bane has a poem going up today. I have another short story going up today. Um, and what else? You can email me or us at hello.tea.jay at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what topics you want us to talk about, what books you want us to review, whatever. Whatever, whatever. Just let us know. May I add something? Of course. I want our listeners to be well, to take care of uh, themselves, and to take care of each other, to be kind to one another, and just, you know, take things slowly, uh, live day by day, and don't worry too much. And go love up on your inner child this week. If you take anything yeah. away, go love on yourself this week. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye.